You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 39 of the Pimpcron Warhammer podcast. As always, I am your navigator of the airways, Pimpcron, and I am joined by a bevy of different guests, which, boy, I love that word, bevy. Um, bevy of different guests from each segment, and we discuss all sort of things that hopefully ignite the flame of hobby in each and every one of you, because that is what we're here to do. So... As always, I'm going to sit here and I am going to tell you exactly what we're talking about tonight. In no particular order, Just James and I kick off a real talk with the Pimpcron where we do a, a uh, I'm stupid, 40k start collecting deathmatch. And essentially we have made a tournament out of all the start collecting boxes. We're taking them exactly as is, what they're, how they are pictured. I know there's different options you could tailor lists or whatever, but exactly how GW has arbitrarily pictured them with those models in that box, um, with their war gear, and we see who would probably win out of all of them. This should be the beginning of a three-part series, and if you're not into that sort of thing, I apologize because me and James had a blast recording that. Um, so we also have a get brutal with the Pimpcron where I discuss the flay, the flare virus, otherwise known as the phage. And that enables you to make, uh, skeleton warriors and skeleton war bands. There's a completely, um, legitimate reason why there would be skeletons walking around in a realm where people don't die permanently. We also have a Tesseract mailbox from Dominic. And uh, he technically wrote in. I'll get into that during that segment. And we discuss uh, terrain trees again. We also discuss a couple other things. But we have a, well, here's an idea, converting my brother to 40K. So my brother and I are very different. He's left brain. I'm right brain or whatever you want to say. He's type A personality. I'm type B. Whatever. He's AB negative. I'm AB positive. That's how it goes. So we're very different, and he has never been a big fan of Warhammer, so I take this entire segment to uh, pretty humorously try to convert him, and let's see uh, if he can withstand the punishment, the verbal harassment that I give him. And Brew Brew, my brother, is also on Want That or Want That Not with the Keeper of Secrets and whatever the hell that uh, character's name is that is the other version of the Keeper of Secrets. And we will say whether we want that or we want that not, because I know that is a hot model. So, um, what have I been up to? I'm going to keep this brief. My work, you know, I'm seven days a week again. It's that, that time of year. So my real life work is seven days a week. I'm keeping up with the podcast every week. I'm also keeping up with the articles every week. And I'm also currently writing a series of short stories based in the brutality setting, and I have finished one, and I'm working on the second one, and I'm hoping to make this an actual published book, and I'm very excited about it. It will be a good entry into the whole brutality lore and the brutality game, hopefully, and I hope you guys keep an eye out for it. Of course, my Patreon patrons will be getting discounts on the books if they buy them. They'll be getting discount codes, so that will be fun. Uh, I will probably also be doing some giveaways or whatever once it's published, but I'm, I'm fully expecting it to be published by the end of the year. And you'll be able to find it on Amazon and whatnot. That is what I've been working on lately. Um, when I'm not working on that, I'm doing the finishing touches on the Brutality token set. And uh, that's been a lot of fun, but a lot of hard work working on that as well. So currently my life right now is I wake up, I go to work, I come home, eat dinner, hang out with the kids, and then work on creative stuff. Which, honestly, it's not a bad life. I really, really like being creative, and um, uh, being forced to make an article every single week has really given me some literary uh, discipline, which I never had. I've always been an aspiring uh, writer my entire life, and but I never just had the gumption to sit down and write when I didn't feel like it. And good God, some weeks for Bell of Lost Souls, I do not feel like writing. I just don't. But... Luckily, I'm I'm blessed that I can just sit down and go, 
all right, let me pick from a selection of, you know, pre-made article topics that I've already listed down when I was brainstorming or whatever, or somebody pissed me off at the game store this week, so I'm just going to write about that, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. And uh, anyway, so despite being very, very tired, I am loving life and being productive and creative. So that is enough about me, friends. Let's get on with the show. As always, thank you for listening, and thank you to all my Patreon patrons. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Tesseract mailbox, starring Pimpcron. He is our hero. You should probably know that by now. So, this episode of the Tesseract mailbox is just me... And I know how you love to hear my voice, so I am also breaking format a little bit because this was not technically sent to me. Um, I don't know how to address this exactly because this was not emailed to me, it was not on the voicemail, and it was not on Facebook, but it was on Discuss uh, at the end of uh, my article this week, A Noob's Guide to Terrain. And it is from, apparently, a listener. Let's see. His name is Dominic. You handsome devil made me make a Discuss account just to tell you. Pimpcron, you're a swell dude. Your podcast is almost grandiose, and your articles are most very entertaining. Mostly very entertaining. My English isn't very good, sorry. Mostly very entertaining. While this one is in particular struck me as nothing new, I salute you for your efforts to educate the unwashed masses. I also enjoyed your segment on trees a couple weeks ago, though it felt like model trees are a barren wasteland in the U.S. Here in Germany, there's all kinds of awesome model train trees, and it felt like you knew only the cheapest garbage kind of versions. Anyhow, hat off to you. Stay awesome. Well, first of all, thank you for technically writing in, Dominic. I appreciate it. And um, I do intend to stay awesome. That is, uh, that is one of my key things. I made a outline. I've plotted my course. And staying awesome is definitely in the future for me. Um, I'm just kidding. You know, it's funny because um, I always act like, oh, I'm so full of myself. And that's kind of my shtick. But um, honestly, I do very much appreciate what you're saying. Um, it, you know, it's interesting that you say that the German uh, situation with model terrain trees is a lot different than the U.S. And I have no uh, knowledge either way of that, honestly, because I only live in the U.S., clearly, and I've only seen trees from the U.S., clearly. And if you'll remember, this was, gosh, 10, 10 episodes back or something like that where um, Loremaster Alex and I discussed trees, and I gave him the rundown of everything I knew about terrain trees, because I love terrain trees. Those splashes of colors really brighten up the battlefield, and the smaller, mid-to-smaller detail that you can add to your board um, makes the board look so much more realistic, rather than just a couple huge pieces sitting on there with no other smaller detail at all. You know, the that seems just like, oh, it's a table for models, but if you put medium and small... T- uh, terrain features that looks like a scene uh, but anyway so I was explaining to Alex how um, you know basically GW used to make bottle brush terrain uh, trees and they're like coated in like a flock or something like that it makes them durable and I love them and my friend Steve gave me a whole box of them years ago and I covet them like a dragon's horde and the only terrain trees that I can find in America uh, that our bottle brush trees are the triangle bottle brush trees, which I freaking hate. And by bottle brush, I mean, if you did not hear that segment prior, it's the type of brush that you would stick in like a baby bottle to clean it out. Um, but they're always these triangle, you know, coniferous shaped trees. And the only other trees that now somebody can write in and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the only trees that I ever see in America are the triangle bottle brush trees, which are durable, but they all look like pine trees, and that gets boring. Or the other ones they sell like in Hobby Lobby or Michaels and those places like that. Um, They sell these pre-made little trees, but they really are designed for model trains. And what I mean by that is they are not durable in any sense of the word. 
they're like a plastic frame of a tree, the trunk and the li- the limbs, and then they like put this like shitty gossamer like wool or something that's tinted green on top of it. And they don't look bad necessarily, but they cannot be transported whatsoever unless you're going to buy an army case specifically for those. Um, Or um, you just, you know, you leave them on your table and you don't store them anywhere because they're very, very fragile and delicate. So I don't recall if I actually mentioned those trees at all. But of course, and also you have real, uh, not sure what it's called, the flock. It's like flock, but it's the thick, clumpy flock and uh, we also have those I forget what that's called but the green clumpy whatever that is that they use for you know bushes and growth and trees we also have those type that you can buy in stores but once again they crumble they fall off and give you six months of carrying your terrain to and from the gaming store and you've got barren trees so you might as well have just bought barren trees from games workshop Uh, so that is the complete rundown of the tree situation in America, and it would be great to know if, um, you know, you guys have something different. Um, sounds like we've got the cheapest garbage kind of versions, according to Dominic, which, you know, honestly, I have to agree with you. Um, you know, I like round trees, and I cannot lie. So, um, he also says I'm a swell dude, which, of course, you know, just helps, you know, inflate that ego. And <laughs> and your podcast is almost grandiose, which I'm not entirely sure how to take that. But um, I will. I mean, it's not a bad thing. I just don't know how to take it. And my this I think this is potentially my favorite part. Your articles are mostly very entertaining. <laughs> so uh, at least at least I've hit the mark most of the time. Uh, so anyway, you know, it's, it's, um, as for that article, the noob's guide to terrain, it is fun to go back to basics and just do a noob's guide to something. Just, Hey, explain the situation with these, you know, train pieces or whatever. Here's your options. And, um, I, uh, you know, I had a bunch of people in that article comment and say, Oh, you forgot about handmade, you know, like, um, the styrofoam board and the, um, cardboard and all that terrain actually didn't forget about it at all. I just don't consider that real terrain. Honestly. Um, I used to make that stuff. I used to have that stuff. It is, if any of you read that article and were actually wondering where I placed that on the scale, I put that in the same exact scale as the, uh, cardstock or the papercraft terrain. Where, hey, it can look really good, but it's cheap and it's not durable in any sense of the word. So, um, over the years, as, you know, I've had to buy terrain and things like that for Shorehammer, I've gotten away from having to, having to deal with all of that homemade terrain. And, uh, so I'm, I'm happy to be getting rid of that and slowly phasing that out for actual terrain that's durable. Um, which of course, not all of you are going to care about durable terrain as much as I do because I transport my terrain quite a bit and it gets wear and tear so anyway in conclusion uh dominic if you have anything else to write about um with uh you know regarding trees because uh this might sound like i'm patronizing you but i am legitimately interested to hear if anybody has something to say about the european uh situation with trees because i'd be interested to hear you know do you have different types of trees or is model trains like a a thing because it seems to me like the model train industry nowadays is like definitely dying in the u.s but maybe i'm wrong anyway thank you for kind of writing in dominic but nothing you know that aside thank you very much for listening to the podcast thank you for writing in in some fashion and as always all of you can reach me at pimpcron at gmail.com or facebook.com slash pimpcron, or, of course, the phone number, which is in the show notes. You could please call like our buddy Grendel did and leave us a voicemail. Toodles. Want that or want that not? Welcome to another edition of Want That or Want That Not. Today, the Pimpcron is joined by his far inferior brother, Bro, bro. <laughs> who, who makes better sentences? <laughs> I make sentence good. <laughs> I've been told that I have good words. <laughs> uh, today, we are going to 
review Shalaxi Hellbane. And that sounds something like that would be on the Martin show. You know, Shanene? <laughs> yes. Shalaxi. Uh, also, I'm hoping this thing she's holding is a shillelagh, so it's Shalaxi Shalaxi Shalaxi. She's got two shillelagh attacks. Uh, so, what's your first impression of this model? <laughs> she really looks like that lady from 101 Dalmatians. Cruella? Like, yeah. Cruella DeVille. <laughs> the evil lady, yeah. That's that's my first thought. Yeah, I was thinking it was like a middle-aged mom, because she's got a skirt. It's like she's going to ask for the manager. <laughs> um, that's a little bit of a rage. <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> you just heard two brothers get a boner. <laughs> <laughs> I clicked a picture, and it was the the I think it's the Keeper of Secrets version of a uh, Shalaxi Hellbane. Uh, we both went oh whoa at the same time. No, it's I like uh, that one better though because it's more detailed. The other one's so dark and all closed in. It's like what is this? Uh, yeah, that one also looks kind of like a goat. The Cruella one kind of looks like a goat head. Cruella, Cruella like the band. No, Cruella DeVille is the lady from 101 Dalmatians. Go oh, on. is that how I named her name? I already said that like oh, 30 seconds listening. ago. I'm going to tell mom. <laughs> I don't know. I usually just bring mom into our stuff. Uh, so now, how much would you think you, how much would you expect to pay for this model? How physically big is it? Is it just a regular model? It's not like a, no, something it's, giant? It's, it's very large. It's It's this big. Oh. This tall. It works well on audio tracks. I'm showing you. They don't care. It is this tall. They don't care, okay? They don't care how big you think it is. So I can show you whatever size I want. Well, if it was the size of the Empire State Building. um, uh, 60 bucks, 50 bucks, something like that. $60. Can you believe that, guys? He thinks this new... Keeper of Secrets model is $60. No, knowing Games Workshop is probably like $1,000 or something. No, is $60 really your guess? It's your final offer. I, I love putting people in positions where they have no basis for their answer. <laughs> yes, with my very qualified decision making on this, yes. Yes. Try a hundred and forty fucking dollars. Yeah, not worth it. Not worth it. So it's a, a you know the Keeper of Secrets is an old model for Slanesh. It's a giant demon, and um, uh, this is the Keeper of Slanesh, which a uh, Keeper of Secrets, which this is a pretty cool looking model. Yeah, it does look better. I like um, that one better. It's somewhat feminine. Um, Slanesh is the god of excess, and there's always a slight sexual theme to it. Even though excess women could, excessive, is that what you could do that? Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, you should see. It comes with an entire sprue of shoes that you put in your closet. No. You uh, have to, You actually, in order to play her as a character, as a model, I don't know what you people do on these boards, but, but anyway, as an NPC or something, uh, um, and when she moves around the battlefield, you have to bring her wagon of shoes with her around, <laughs> and if they're not within a certain distance, she actually takes damage. Oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's pretty rough. She can't activate because she's on her Amazon, on her cell phone, yes. buying more. Yep. Yep. Um, Anyway, so this is actually a pretty cool model. I don't care for the Cruella version of it. You're in a grants. Uh, no, I, I would say I don't like that. It's neat, but it's too. It's too, well, I mean, I know you could paint it, whatever, but it's too dark. It's too complicated. I like the detail better on the other one. And like I said, I really don't. I don't like this weird sort of funky afro. Like, I, what would you even say that hair is? It's parted in the middle. Kind of looks like. Kind of looks like Hey Arnold's hair. <laughs> yes, actually, <laughs> yes, that is Hey Arnold. <laughs> It's Hey Arnold's goat grandmother. <laughs> so, so I'm really not digging the Hey Arnold hair. Really not you know, digging the goat face. Looks like that uh Saints logo, like oh, type the, thing. The uh, what is that? I don't know. No, what it's called. It's called a whatever. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Florida-lease? Oh. Anyway, this this model looks way cooler like though. Better. It's vaguely feminine. Like it's got it almost looks like it's got a little bit of makeup on its face. It's got hair pulled back in a ponytail. It um it doesn't have boobies. Now Slanesh used to actually have boobies. Their models had like exposed breasts with nipples and stuff. GW is expressly anti nipple now. So we don't we don't have nipples unless it's on men. Wow. Which I think is sexist. Mm. Um But uh you know what's interesting? Here's a fun fact. Probably not. These are demons, right? Mm-hmm. And the great unclean one, which is another type of demon, has nipples. I did not know that demons were mammals. 
Huh. Think about that. Wow. Your mind is blown. Wow. Yeah. 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 I'll be thinking about that for the next week or so. It's weird that because only the males, I think, breastfeed their young. Because the females, you can clearly say, have no nipples. I'm a little bit disappointed about the detail of your word about these nipples and these models. <laughs> I always notice that all the models you painted, you always expressly paint the nipples. <laughs> whether they're visible or not. <laughs> and, and like on a space marine, I put Batman suit <laughs> yes, nipples on. Yeah, yeah it's weird. Yep. Tassels sometimes. Nipple tassels. Yeah. You know what? There is actually a version of um, uh, Blood Angel's armor. That has like a little bump on each peck like it's a nipple. Like, why you got nipple armor, yo? Maybe their nipples are so large they actually have to change the armor to go around it. It's just like, a- just the actual nipple part. Just that. Well, space marines are so strong. They're genetically engineered. So when it gets cold, their nipples <laughs> pierce the armor. <laughs> so that's actually reinforcement. It's yes. it's like twice as thick in that section. No, you just hear ting, ting. <laughs> <laughs> There's dents out of it. So... Better close-ups of these models. Um, once again, the more I look at this dark one, this Cruella Hey Arnold mashup, <laughs> it's really not liking it. But the other one is really cool looking. I just really do not dig this hundred and forty dollar price tag. No, not at all. That I mean, not I mean, being... any of this is expensive to you yes. because you don't like this yeah. hobby. But hundred and forty dollars for this thing. My gosh. Yeah, but what do you think about the design of it? Like, do you like all the detail and the ornate objects hanging off her belt and and the the you know things off her horns? Yeah, that does seem like like the Egyptian type type of like that kind of decor decoration you see on people. Yeah, I I'm just there. I can't find one redeeming quality about the Cruella Hey Arnold. Like Mm-mm, it's no like even the facial like it's it has the hanging things from its horns to its face mask, just like the other one does. But it, just, I don't know. I just really don't. Like it's it. almost like you get too much crap on a model, then you start losing detail because you're just putting junk all over it, and you you lose what actually looks nice on it. Yes, you. Yeah, um, I forget what that's called, but there's actually a design uh, a design theory behind that of like um, detail overload, basically, mm. where you don't even notice all the detail that's on it, and it looks busy. Yes, it's not. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I think that if you did play this army. You probably would want this new Keeper of Secrets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know if that was your villain. Yeah. Like you, you just tied someone to a railroad. Yeah. No, actually, yeah. I would have an entire army of just those. Of just um, those. You yeah. are the type of player that would yep. do that. Yep. I would stack. And actually, they would all like merge into each other and make a big transformer. Oh, like a, a Voltron? One. Yes. Yep. Oh, dude. That is awesome. Uh, every time she comes on the battlefield, uh, the Cruella plays in the background. <laughs> Cruella the band. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, I like this model, and uh, or at least the Keeper of Secrets version, but $140 is way too much. So is that a want that or want that not for you, Brew Brew? Hell no. Okay. That's a hell no from, from <laughs> Brew Brew, and that's also a no for a Pimp Cron. 140 GW, you need to slow your roll. You're just going, you're going crazy. This is too much. Calm down. This this is an intervention. Stop with the price hikes. <laughs> All right. Bye, boo-boo. Bye. Now, here's an idea. So this is the Pimp Cron, and this is my brother, Brew-Brew. Hello. And I wanted to try to convince him to play Warhammer or Wargaming because he currently does not. So what exactly is your first uh, reason why you don't play Wargaming? I hate turn-based stuff. Well, that's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) That's the end of this segment. (laughs) So why do you need instant gratification like that? Why can't you just plan things and be a strategist, right? (laughs) Uh, because in real life, you don't have forever to take your turn and make decisions. You have to make decisions now. Not, give me ten minutes and let me figure out. No, I need to kill people now. <laughs> Alright. Um, but what, you know, Warhammer is more of like a general type thing. Like, you're on the battlefield in the, the command tent and you're planning and, and whatnot. So is Command it's... and Conquer. What's that? So is Command and Conquer. Nothing moves that fast. The command and conquer the entire tanks and things. Don't the go real, that fast. the whole real time strategy thing. Things the map is far too small and things move far too fast. For they cover too much ground for it to be actually realistic. Now, if you're talking about oh, tanks will take two hours to get to this other place I p- p- did on the map, then that makes more sense. But yours is just hyper sped up while mine is slowed down. 
But really, neither one of them are realistic in the way that actual warfare works if you're in the command tent. <laughs> As he sticks the microphone in my head for a response. Um, no, I honestly, I, I think it's probably because I enjoy more of these smaller scale things and smaller squad based stuff is more reactive more right now where not that i don't enjoy the larger scale stuff but i want to make decisions now i want to go i want to do it like you do it on the fly not not sit around and and make decisions forever so you're more into like squad leader type stuff yes yeah and that's probably why i like real time stuff better is because i just want to do it now I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> you actually, you surprised me with a good reason. <laughs> now I guess Booyah, it's the end of the season. Quit, now you're going to quit Warhammer and only play real-time strategies. <laughs> How often do you play against real people with these games? Play what? Any of the games you play, real-time strategies or anything like that. How often do you play real people versus... Oh, never. Never. You never play against real people? I never play real-time treasure. Game. I actually don't play many nowadays. There's not a whole lot of good ones I'll actually like. But, I mean, the ones that I have played, yeah, uh, no. So, don't you find the AI more predictable than human opponents? Yes. I mean, it's true. So, you like life on easy mode? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, what I prefer to do is, in cases like Command & Conquer, is just make mad, crazy armies and then just swamp everybody. It's really fun. I remember playing Crusader. Oh, Stronghold Crusader. St- Stronghold yeah. Crusader. Yep. And I love that too. What was it? Fire Ballistas? Yes. What was it? Or, or I, Mercenaries with... Well, uh, axe Throwers. Axe Throwers, yep. yeah. And also in that one, you could... Uh, if you're doing the campaign where you're fighting, you had to... You, the whole... To win, you had to kill the king who was on top of his castle. On, the, on his castle. Yeah, yeah. And I, I realized that if I just bought a bunch of Fire Ballistas, parked them outside his walls, and just fired all the way into his town and ke- shooting him... He would stay on top of the castle and die from fire blesses. I never went into his his <laughs> thing. I never killed anybody else, just him. And yeah, it was pretty easy to win the game that way. <laughs> right, but clearly, if you're playing with a human player, like you were, like you do in Warhammer, they would be able to. Oh, of course. Yeah, out, yeah, yeah, out, yeah. Thank you. Yes. No, you're right. Usually, now those games are pretty old, and AI pretty sucked back then. Yeah. Stuff was a lot better now. Um, but you know, in general, yes, that's much more unpredictable. Because so, people sometimes make stupid decisions that will throw you off that may not have been the best decision, but it screwed you up because you didn't expect them to do that. Absolutely. You know, as far as strategy goes, I never try to anticipate what my opponent's trying to do too much because more often than not, they don't do what I think is the optimal thing for them yeah. to do. And then it'll catch you off guard because you're yes. like, oh, okay, well, you did something stupid, but now that screws me over because <laughs> yes. I didn't expect it. So. Yeah. What would you say your character flaws are that make you want to live life <laughs> with no challenge? <laughs> Go ahead, please. <laughs> well, really, I mean, there's not really any flaws. I'm so good, there's no reason to play turn-based stuff. Oh, like, um, like if I played Warhammer, I would just dominate. You'd be the yeah. best. I'd be the best. I mean, like, so there's really no reason to play. I don't want to show up everybody. That yeah. makes sense. So, uh, I guess painting miniatures doesn't interest you at all either. Oh, that's another thing. Yeah, I don't care at all about that. Of assembling stuff like that and painting miniatures. Remember when you built you bought that tank for dad, and you eventually just said "fuck it" and quit? <laughs> uh, well, the, the well, I know I did build it mostly, but the problem was it <laughs> can't. Well, no, the reason. The, first of all, I don't like painting, so I was going to get you to actually paint yeah. it. But second, it uh, it came with a really ghetto tank track kit that you're supposed to heat up a pair of pliers and oh melt together, God. and it was terrible, and it didn't work right. I'm like, screw it, I don't care anymore. So I actually built the whole tank and got to the tracks, and it was terrible, and I gave up. I- explain this to me? It was a, so it came in rubber, just like think tracks in a straight line. Yeah. And they had little like um, pegs on each end that go in a hole on the other end, so when you loop the track back around, it goes in itself. But you're supposed to put them through the holes and then heat up a pair of pliers and then squeeze them so it melts it together. And it didn't work with the crap. It actually it went it pulled right off of my hand. Now I probably I mean maybe I had it too hot, but I, it's not like I had it glowing orange like you know. So it was it was stupid. So but I did build that. Did you enjoy building it at all? Um, it was okay. Yeah, the little tiny detail stuff. I'm not that. I'm not a I'm not into that kind of stuff. Too challenging. Just boring. I don't I don't like fine detail like that. I like bulk stuff. It's like finishing in a house. You know, or to build the structure. I don't like the fine detail work inside. What about the communal aspect of wargaming, um, or even things like magic, where you actually meet with real people? You know, nearly anything that you'd play, 
unless maybe you went to like a game store and had like a LAN party, you're not seeing people face to face. So you're seeing, unless you have dedicated friends that you know from all around the world, like you do, Mm -hmm. um, you're not you're not meeting new people. You're not making a community or friends. And and I know an online community is a type of community, but it's not the same. It's not really the no. same. So what what about that aspect? That to me, and this is the honest truth. That's the only. That's one of the only good things that I think about, like the whole tabletop gaming and board games in general, is that you're in face to face. That's the only thing that I can that I would like about it. Not much of a board game person in general. Um, but and it is much much different than just having people online because like you said I've played with people from all over the world that I've known for years and years and years but never actually met them and it's just I don't know it is a different thing and it also gets you out of the house you're not just stuck in your house all the time either which is a good thing true true um, that's 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 the only one of the few positive things I have with tabletop gaming so what is it that you hate about turn based so much I know you say you like things to be instant and you like twitch things where you have to react right now but why don't you like the the larger what specifically don't you like it's you said it's too slow it's way too slow i lose interest and no yes you can you can use your normal thing you say but oh instant gratification and no and i'm not a person that that loves first person shooters and you know 360 no scopes and all that kind of stuff but because that's that's you know i'm not that type of kid who has to have that kind of instant gratification but i am bored with sitting here like Oh my gosh, this game takes hours and hours forever. I want to fight now. I want to do something. Like, I want to actively do something. I, th- I would rather go out in a yard and run around than actually play a tabletop game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I've found out the real reason why you don't like playing tabletop games that are face-to-face. <laughs> That's a question. <laughs> I just gave him the microphone like you should answer that. I make a statement and then you react. That's how this goes. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> People are going to think we're high. Yeah. Um, they also probably think you're talking to yourself, too, by the way. True. Uh, so I'm thinking that the one thing that you, the really, the one thing you can do online that you can't do in person is, is scream the N word at people. <laughs> Yes, I will say that online you can be much more offensive in everything you do. The couple, the couple family game nights we've had, board game nights, all you did was scream the N-word at people. Sorry. Oh, well, I guess. I guess I'll never turn you to the the turn based side, right? <laughs> no, probably not. That's sad. <laughs> no response. No comment. <laughs> no comment. I don't. I don't know what the segment was, but thank you for being on. You're welcome. Now it's time for real talk with Pimp Cron. Well, today. For Real Talk with Pimpron, I am joined by Just James. Hello. And we had something really cool to talk about. If you all will recall, all of our most faithful listeners uh, will recall that Cron uh, Jr. and I did an Age of Sigmar Battle Royale with all the start collecting boxes. And that seemed to be pretty popular, so I would like to do a 40k one, but the difference is, is that we're not going to be looking for how cool the model is exactly. What we're going to be doing is, since James and I both claim to know the rules of 40K... Somewhat. Um, somewhat. We're going to try and decide which is the most powerful start collecting box that you can buy. Not for competitive reasons, just for the sake of, you know, who would win. If you put all those different start collectings out and made, like, a little tournament with just them, what exactly would win out? Now, um, there's a couple caveats we have to make to this. Number one... Uh, in this artificial fight we're doing, you will get one round of shooting and one round of melee. And the reason for that is that there's so many variables in whether or not a melee army will get shot up before they get to the ranged unit, you know, such as like the density of terrain, how well they hug terrain and stay out of line of sight for, you know, against the shooting, that sort of thing. So I'm pretty much guessing that you get like, if you're playing against a good melee army and you're just pure ranged that you will probably get one really good turn of shooting in. And then some crappy, you know, whatever you can see the other turns. Yeah. 
So, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you burped or what. Uh, so, let's just do this. And also, you know, there's a, a million different options. You know, as well as I do, just James, that there's a million options for all these kits. They all have different weapons and different war gear and yada, yada, yada. We're not talking chapter tactics. We're not talking about um, different loadouts. We're simply looking at the picture of the start collecting box and what they have equipped on it versus what the other one appears to be equipped with. Right. Okay. Now that we have all that out. All right. For our first round of the Battle Royale, we're going to start with the... Let's start collecting... That's not what it's called. Start... (laughs) I always want to be like, uh, collecting box. No. Collector's edition. No. Uh, Start collecting here. No. It's... Here now are collecting (laughs) start. Buy shit. That's what it should be called. So, um, we're going to start with Necrons versus the Zinch Demons for 40k. So, for Necrons, you're coming up with an Annihilation Barge. You've got the five Immortals. You have ten Warriors, three Scarabs, an Overlord, and a, uh, technically another Overlord because it's from the Annihilation Box set, but I think they're uh, billing this as just a Lord. Yeah, in the description it says Lord on foot. Okay, that's stupid because he's really an Overlord, but whatever. That's fine. Uh, if we're going to play that game, that's fine. You're really getting two Overlords, but we'll count him as a Lord. What do you get in the Zinch Box? So you get a Herald of Zinch. You get ten Pink Horrors. You get three Flamers. You get three Screamers. And you get the Burning Chariot. Okay, so what's your gut reaction here, James? Um, shooting phase, obviously the Necrons have them outgunned. Uh, yeah, they. I would say they have uh, the more firepower towards them, yeah. The the biggest thing that's really going to hurt them is that um, Zinch uh, has what for an invol? Four up invol. Okay, so they've got a four up invol, which is more or less similar to the armor saves on the Necrons if you're talking the Warriors. But the difference is, is that the Necrons have AP on their guns, which Zinch does not give a shit about. No. Does the does the um does does the zunch have any apu on their goons? Uh, well, the burning chariot has a uh a s- either assault or heavy D three strength nine minus three. It's pretty much a last a D three last cannon shot. Wow! But it's short range. It's like twenty four inches. Uh, then they have flamers that are uh minus one or minus two. And the yeah. But that's like 18 inches. So the Necrons are definitely going to win out on the shooting aspect of it. Of course, the pink cars also shoot, right? Yeah, they they have... uh, They have a kind of a shitty shooting... Flickering Flames, I believe it's called. Yeah. But yeah, it's like Strength 3, AP 0, 1 damage. Do the Screamers have guns? No, they don't. Okay. So I think sheer output, especially with that Annihilation Barge in play, I think the Necrons have the uh, shooting phase dominated, more or less. Yes. They're certainly going to lose people, but the Annihilation Barge has a quantum shielding, so that's going to help it against that last cannon flamer and whatnot. Um, Also, they've even got chaff. Like, this Necron box set actually looks pretty good with the Scarabs and the Warriors and the Immortals. That's a lot of bodies. Um, Yep. So, what about the melee phase? Melee phase, um... Well, Zinch isn't really known for melee. No, not really. It's more for its, um... Psychic powers and... Uh... Than its shooting as well. The... What it's got for close combat is the screamers. The three screamers. And then also the screamers on the burning chariot. Um... They can do, uh... Heavy, heavy damage... Also, uh, didn't you say the flamers are pistols? The flamers are pistols, yeah, so, so you can shoot them in close combat as well. Now, that's pretty good because their flamers are not bad to begin with. Yeah. And then being that you can shoot them in close combat, that's yep. going to help them a lot. Yeah. Um, the problem is we were dealing with two armies that are very durable. Between reanimation protocols and toughness four versus a three-up invol and things like that. It's This is a pretty tough fight, actually. Four-up invol. Uh, four-up invol, sorry. Um... But that really makes this a tough fight. So, it, yeah. ultimately, I'll get what your opinion is. Who do you think would win versus these two? And then I'll give my opinion. Uh, honestly, I feel Necrons would win. They've got my vote, too. Just by, just by like, a, like a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. It won't be like a huge, you know, it won't be a, like a total wipeout, but I, I believe the Necrons would eventually win the battle. I think so too. Um, they're overall, I think, more durable just because of the toughness and the reanimation protocols. Yes. Um, obviously, the four pinball is awesome. And the fact they have psychic powers, they could be smiting, they could be whatever, you know, but just the sheer get up, it's, it's actually, I'm shocked at how close these two start collecting boxes are in power level because they're both very durable, they're good to okay at shooting, and they're kind of meh in close combat. Yeah. It's kind of a funny thing. I mean, the screamers could fly over, you know, when they zoom across something, they could do mortal wounds. But, you, you know, you got your reanimation protocols, which could potentially bring them right back. Yeah. And then in close combat, you know, they have the bite that's like one attack each. Uh, and it, But it does like three, two or three damage. Mm-hmm. But that's only going to be worth it against the Annihilation Barge. And then the Annihilation Barge could just negate that with their quantum shielding. Yep. And not to mention the Necrons, the way this is pictured, both of them have a resorb. Yes. So that's going to further... I mean, there's no cryptech here, but that's going to further help your... Yeah. Um, so overall, I think we both agree Necrons went out. Um, if we ever have a tie, we'll just go with what I say, because I'm better. Oh, hey. <laughs> funny joke. Uh, me, me and uh, Kron Jr. would just flip a coin, because if uh. we both couldn't agree, then it could go both ways. Um, okay, so Necrons win round one. Up next, Necrons versus... Nurgle demons start collecting. So you're much more up on your uh, your demonology than I am, sir. So what what exactly do they have in that set? So they've got the three plague drones. Uh, then they have the ten, the standard troop, the ten uh, uh, plague bearers. Then they have the other troop, the three Nurglings. And they have the Herald of Nurgle. Okay, so this is actually a bit reminiscent of the Necron set. You've got three chaff units, or three chaff models, scarabs and nurglings. Yes. You've got a leader, which I'm assuming he buffs them in some way. I don't really know. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we're not going to get into the what psychic power they could take sure, and yeah. all that. But now, they also have, don't they have Disgustingly Resilient? They have, Yeah, they have the 5-up Pain of Pain. Okay, so they have a 5-up Involve, their Toughness 4, and they've got a 5-up Pain of Pain, right? Correct. So, gee, they're the same toughness as Necrons, and they don't give a shit about the AP. What? Well, they, the thing is, is that they don't really have much shooting. The three guys in the back. True. My, the death head, heads, that's their shooting. Uh, but other than that, a, a smite off from the Nurgle, the uh, Herald of Nurgle, mm-hmm. that's about it. So, Necrons clearly have the shooting phase. Yes. And by the time the Necrons are done shooting, especially with the Annihilation Barge and things like that, man, they could whittle down a lot of these Nurgles. A lot of these Nurglings. Yeah, get them Nurgles. You know, the Nurgle Demons, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because they have a 5 of Final Pain, but they don't come back. Yes. And, jeez, I don't know. I mean, essentially, the... But see, the Necrons come back on a 5-up. Now, of course, they get more than one chance to come back. Just like the Nurgle... The, the, yeah, the, the Demons of Nurgle don't get the chance to come back, whereas the Necrons do. But I think the shooting for Necrons, man... Yeah, that would... Gonna... It would take out the... Uh, it would definitely take out the uh, Plague Bearers real quick. And the, the uh, Nurglings. But they would have a little bit of a uh, tougher time with the Plague Drones. Yep. And you know, one thing I say is that you could you could tie up that Annihilation Barge in combat. No, you couldn't. He's got fly. He just backs up and shoots some more. I mean, yep. Jeez. So now, of course, the uh, Neural gets what a six is uh, a mortal wound or extra damage. What is it in close combat? The uh, it is yeah, it's a mortal wound. A mortal wound. So that's kind of neat, but I don't think that's going to do enough to change the tide in their favor. Right. So. So I still I would say Necrons have this. I agree. Um, as much as I want, I really like Nurgle, but I just think Necrons purely have it. So round two, the Necrons have won again. They're 2-0 and o right now. Yes. Now they're coming up to something that they're probably going to have a tough, time, a tough time with. Imperial Guard. Round three, Necrons versus Astra Militarum. So what do, what do we have in this set? 
Just James. So you've got your Lehman Russ with a battle cannon. Yep. And looks like in the picture, it might have three heavy bolters. Looks like a heavy bolter behind that guy's head. It is, yeah. Okay, so three heavy bolters. Then you have a uh, squad of guardsmen, ten guardsmen. Uh, one of them is a heavy weapons team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with a missile launcher. Actually, you've got ten, ten guardsmen and a, a heavy weapon team, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then what's up front? Um, then you have the commissar, Lord Commissar, with his plasma pistol and power sword. So, what do you immediately see? Now, Necrons are finally coming up to an army that can somewhat dish out what they can put out with ranged. Who do you think wins the ranged combat here? I would say that's... That Lehman Russ would put out a heavy punishment. Would put out, you know, heavy punishment and... Uh, the so then you have your missile launcher. You got the rapid fire strength three last guns. Yeah, strength three AP nothing. I'm not I'm not too concerned with the last guns because no. even with like you know first rank fire second rank fire all that bullshit. Even with that, they're gonna wound on fives. You know what I mean? AP nothing. It's it's not very good. Right. And their save is only a five up, and then they're getting minus one or minus two. From all the shooting? Yeah. I expect the guardsmen to be dead after the shooting round. Yeah. Period. Correct. The problem here is that the Necrons have no heavy weapons to speak of in their start collecting. So that Lehman Ross tank is going to be a serious thorn in their side. Meanwhile... That Annihilation Barge would focus everything... Pretty much all everybody's going to focus everything into that Lehman Ross. The problem is the Annihilation Barge is wounded on fives too. It's strength seven. He's tough eight. So... And it's AP nothing. He's got a three-up save. So they're going to have a seriously bad day with this Lehman Russ. Um, not to mention the Lehman Russ is kitted out almost specifically to kill the Necron start collecting set. Because it's got nine heavy bolter shots. Yes. Wounding on threes minus one. And it's got the battle cannon for the Annihilation Barge. Yeah. Which is what the Zinch and the Nur- Nurgle people both lacked any real way to deal with that. So... The, uh, what I would do is take those scarabs, try and sneak them around somehow, and charge into the Lehman Russ, tie it up. Absolutely. At least for a turn. Absolutely. And that's something that the guardsmen couldn't even do, the Annihilation Barge, with Fly. No. Not that they'd survive the shooting phase, anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, this one is much closer to me. Um, who do you think... Of course, like I said, the Lehman Russ being the all-star. Do you think... The Necrons cannot reliably do anything. Think about it, the Gauss Flares are going to be wounded on sixes on it. And the Gauss Blasters are wounded on fives from the Immortals. So, man, that's tough. Yeah, it is. I... I still feel like Necrons. I'm thinking that too. It would be a tough fight. I agree. Round three, Necrons win again. Three and zero. Let's see. This who... one was a tough call, though. Absolutely, they're finally getting something that is is a challenge to them. Who is next? But oh. demons of corn. Hmm. So what do we got here, my demon expert? You've got three blood crushers. You've got your blood throne, which has the herald of corn riding on top of it. Then you have ten blood letters. Oh, man. Um, so obviously they don't have any shooting to speak of. If that no. was a skull cannon or something. Yeah. And I'm not even a fan of the skull cannon, but at least that would be something. Yeah. So Necrons clearly dominate the ranged. Yes. Um, how many Necrons do you think... I mean, how many blood letters do you think they could kill before they get to them? Assuming just the one round. Um... Well, the Annihilation Barge would focus on the Blood Crushers. Sure. The Necron Warriors would focus on the Blood Letters. The Immortals would focus on the Blood Crushers, too, probably. This are five. Yeah. So. Um, so, are we saying they're getting rapid fire or not? 
Assume, yeah. Well, I'm just assuming they're getting all their full okay. everything. Uh, so that was 10 warriors. 20 shots. 20 shots hitting on fours? Threes. Threes? Uh, so you're going to get... Wounding on Two-thirds, threes. that's 14. It's about 14 hits they're going to get. And they're going to wound on threes, which um, two-thirds of... 12 is 8, so they're going to be getting like 9-ish, 10-ish wounds on them. <laughs> so yeah, that's... So there'll be like two two or three bloodletters left. Yes. Um, now, how, how many wounds are the um, blood crushers? Are they three? Four? Uh, I believe it is four. I feel like they were updated Maybe in this edition. Maybe three or four, yeah. They used to be three, but I don't know what they are now. But, um... I mean, I, I think when, at the end of the day, like, you know, once the, all this happens, um, the Necrons are definitely going to be feeling some of these blood crushers in their face, and certainly the Herald. Yes. And, you know, that is a supercharged Herald on that throne. I mean, he's got two blood letters with him, he's got extra attacks, he's more durable, he's higher toughness. Yep. And once he gets them in close combat, maybe multi-charge. And we're saying he's they got the Locust, so he's got the uh, locust, locust of Wrath, I believe it's called. Uh, so that gives them plus one strength, plus one attack. Well, no, plus one strength, plus one attack is their natural corn ability. Then it's another a further plus one strength mm. for their locusts. So that'll make them strength seven, seven or eight. He he could really do some damage. Unfortunately, though, after the first turn, a good portion of his army is gone. Yes. He might be running in there with himself and one, maybe, maybe one and a half blood crushers. Yeah. And then it's a very simple task to just retreat, shoot, retreat, shoot. You know, like, retreat with this unit, shoot with others. Yes. I mean, also, as always, he's going to have a hard time um, hurting that um, Annihilation Barge too much. Yeah. Meanwhile, that War Scythe putting out a lot of damage on him in close combat. So, yeah, so, I hate to say this. Necrons again. <laughs> Although, admittedly, the demons always feel kind of underpowered when they're mono-god like that. Yeah. Because they're so specialized that it, it pays to... I mean, Necrons obviously wouldn't do much to them in close combat, but I think it's pretty much Necrons. Yeah. By the time the, the corn get there, they're dwindled, dwindled down to, like, four models. Okay. So this is round, uh, what round is that? Well, that was round four, right? Yeah. That was round four, Necrons win against Corn Demons. Round five, fight. What do we have here, Mr. James? So you have a Farseer, Spirit Seer. I think it's a Farseer, actually. Uh, then you have a Wraith Lord with, uh, I think it's a Bright, it's a bright Lance. Okay, is that like a last cannon? Is that heavy? Pretty much. Okay. Yeah, strength 8, minus 2, d3 damage. Then what are these five assholes sitting here? So that's your Wraith Guard. Ugh. And they have the one-shot... Uh, used to be D-weapons. Used to be D-weapons. Yeah. Now they're like strength 8. They're still gross. Yeah, minus 4. Um, But certainly three. the Flamers, I think, would have been a better... A better choice... Yeah. If we could change the out the loadout. Yeah. And what's that in the back? And then you got your Warwalker. Uh, I, I can't really see... They usually have a lot of guns. A lot of... Two guns. It looks like it's equipped with... Uh... I don't know. Go. So the Warwalker has two... Uh, Stark... Bright Lances? Bright Lances. Two okay. Bright Lances. So the Wraith Lord also has a Bright Lance. So the Wraith Lord has a Bright Lance. And they and that has two Bright Lances. Yes. Okay, so this has me a little nervous for the Necrons. What is your gut reaction in the shooting phase? In the shooting phase? So we're saying they're in range oh, yeah. to shoot? Like, as if they're two inches from each other. They just okay. get all their shots, everybody. Um... Honestly, so the the uh, annihilation barge should be going down. <laughs> yeah, but there's not enough shooting to take out ten warriors and the five immortals. Uh huh. 
and the three scarabs. So preferably what I would do is I would do the Wraith Guard into the Immortals to try to kill those five Immortals. Yeah. And I would do everything else into the Annihilation Barge. Right. And and then, oh, Warriors, big fucking deal, and then you kill them. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so this is not the shooting phase. This is the shitting phase for Necrons. <laughs> Even though... So every. Everything is toughness six, toughness eight. Besides the Farseer. Oh well, yeah. He's toughness three, but but you can hide. He's him. hiding behind. Yeah. So with everything wounding on fives, basically the Annihilation Bar is strength seven, so that'd be wounding on threes, but it's AP nothing. So, I mean, sure, I wound. Guess what? Everything on here except the Farseer has a three up save. I don't know about the Farseer. Farseer probably. I think he just has a four up four or five of him. I think four up involved. Four up involved, and the Walker has a four up save, but a five up involved. Yeah. So not that they need the involve because nothing's more than AP two coming out of these Necrons. So um, I definitely think. Well, in the in shooting phase, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think that the the Necrons would be able to do something if they focus fire. But they're certainly not killing. We could drop one Wraith Knight. I mean, uh, Wraith Guard with three wounds, toughness six, three up save. Yeah. I mean, come on, you're winning on fives for crying out loud. Yeah. Um, and then unfortunately, the Necrons are going to be taking some seriously heavy losses after the ranged ranged phase. So we get to melee, and what do you think about that? Uh, it's a done deal. <laughs> the Eldar are closing in, and they're tearing stuff apart Woo, doggy. just that wraith lord alone oh yes yeah, straight three damage well without the sword um i don't know what the sword does but the fist i know straight three damage yeah um now i mean that necron overlord and the lord they both have war sides they could do something they but not enough there's no way um if that eldar played any sort of intelligent way he wins yes so finally, it took five rounds, but the <laughs> Necrons have been dethroned. And all the Eldar went, yay! <laughs> okay, so let's start up on round six. Round six, we have all oh, these poor bastards. It's the orcs. <laughs> not for long, it's not. <laughs> um, should we even go into this one? Because this is not going to end well. Period. Uh, so you got a pain boy, you got five knobs, mm -hmm. you've got ten boys, and you got a death dread. Yep. Necron, or, uh, Eldar win. Necron still win? <laughs> Necron, well, yeah, Necron still would win against the orcs. <laughs> nobody, nobody suspects the Necron-zition. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, the Necrons lost the last round, but then they got back up, so they're technically the winners. Uh, so as far as shooting, uh, we've got a bunch of Slugga Choppa boys, which basically is no shooting. And then we've got a bunch of just bullshit from the knobs, which is AP nothing, whatever. It's, it's not worth anything. And then it looks like we've got, uh, is that three claws on the Death Dread? It's all mangled up without other stuff. It's kind of hard to tell. Well, even so, even if it's... Even if it is uh, four claws, or even if it isn't four claws, regardless, he's not going to have much shooting. What's he have? A no. heavy burner or something? Pro a big shooter, heavy heavy burner, whatever. Custom mega blaster. Yeah. Nothing, in, in other words. So, after the Necrons extremely easily wipe out pretty much everybody on that on that board, then you've got the Death Dread to contend with in close combat. Yeah, then the Eldar come in to do their official oh. battle. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Okay. We're just so used to Necrons, Necrons. Okay. okay, well actually that makes it worse then. I mean, honestly. Because like you said, the Eldar just don't have the number of shots to kill that many orcs. No, they could easily destroy the Death Dread. Yes. They could take out the uh, knobs. Sure. Oh, with the multi-damage, sure. Yes. Um, and then you got some boys. I mean, the wounding you own fives is really not a big deal. You got three up saves, they have six ups. Yeah. So, shooting phase, the Eldar wipe out their heavy hitters. Right. In the melee phase, they slowly just bleed out the orcs until... I mean... Yeah. I, I, I feel like this was probably the most pitiful 
of all the rounds that we've done so far. It just was not apples to apples. Correct. Matter of fact, that doesn't seem like a great start collecting box for the orcs. It just doesn't... You get some boys, you get some knobs. That, yeah, this is one knobs. of the boxes that you need to buy multiples of. Sure. Yeah, but not, for the... Not just a buy this and then buy other stuff. Alright, so that's basically extremely obvious. We both think that uh, the Eldar gang raped the orcs. Yes. Okay. With their big, long, bright lances. <laughs> Let's get brutal. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Pimpcron. This is Let's Get Brutal with the Pimpcron, where we discuss my 28mm skirmish war game with RPG light elements called Brutality Skirmish War Game. And I wanted to discuss with you a virus called the Flare Virus. It's also called the Phage. And the reason why I want to bring this up is because I'm always looking for new ways for people to make whatever warband they can possibly find, whatever miniatures that really excite them. They can make their warband for whatever reason appeals to them, and I want it to just be wide open. You know, the sky's the limit. It's entirely up to you. So that's the whole reason behind this game. And I myself are not, I am not a huge fan of skeletons, skeleton warriors, blah, blah, blah. But at one of the Shorehammers, we had a vendor that was selling uh, Reaper miniatures or, or one of those brands. And one year I picked up a ton of skeleton warriors that looked pretty damn cool. They were not just your normal skeleton people, like a sword and a shield or whatever. They There was like one that was kind of like a, a skeleton with two pistols. And um, I have a astronaut skeleton that's still in his spacesuit. He's got a big wrench. Uh, I believe actually that's from Die Hard Miniatures, but that's kind of irrelevant. And I got thinking to myself, that's interesting because, you know, nobody stays dead in the realm of brutality, in the ether realm. So how on earth could I make a war band that actually did have skeletons in it or, you know, something like that. And I've discussed previously with the Collegium Carnus that they have a lot of necromancy in there. And you wouldn't think that with a realm where nobody stays dead, that necromancy would be very powerful. But in fact, they actually use necromancy on the blanks, the uh, f uh, fauna of the realms. So all the regular animals, you know, like the deers and the bear or whatever. Um, I don't think deers is a word, but you get the point. All of those animals, they actually live, breathe, die, uh, and... Um, reproduce, unlike the sentient beings. So, getting back to my point, um, there was no way for anybody to really make a skeleton army or warband of brutality to make any sense in this universe. So that is when I discovered that I could make a reason for you to have skeleton warriors in your warband, and I invented the Flare Virus, or otherwise known as the Phage. And there's a whole region to the south, and of course we'll be covering this in one of our um, uh, one of our future supplements, um, probably supplement book number three. And the um, it's called the Southlands is the larger area. So, um, but rule book one was the wastes. Rule book, I mean, um, supplement one was the wastes. Supplement book two was the psychotropics. And supplement book number three will be the Southlands. So that book is not finished. I'm still working on it. But there is a forest called the Flare Forest. And, I mean, of course, there's creatures in it and what whatnot, monsters and whatnot. But overall, it's pretty much just a normal forest. But there's a dark, dark problem with this forest. And it's that nobody is quite sure how you contract it. But people that have gone through the Flare Forest will contract the Flare Virus, or like I said, the Phage. And what happens is this is actually a magical virus. And slowly but surely, your body starts rotting. And you become almost like a zombie, um, which also gives calls for using zombie miniatures in your warbands if you wanted, because they, you know, you could use them like they haven't fully succumbed to the Phage. But anyway, um... So what happens is over time, a couple of days or weeks, your skin and your flesh and your organs and everything start falling off and slothing off you. And um, I say this is a magical virus because, or a magical curse, possibly. And the reason for that is, is because you eventually, at the full 
um, duration of this disease, you are literally just bones. You can still talk, you can still think, you're not a mindless creature at all, but you no longer have to eat, and you basically are just a skeleton. And you are magically held together, just like all those skeletons we see in Skyrim, or Dungeons & Dragons, or any of those. And I thought that was a really neat way to be able to bring that into a warband. So, now that particular warband has not been painted, um, the uh, the models that I have. I have not yet painted them, but I'm very excited about them. And, um, uh, you know, I just... This is just a small insight into the way that I see an issue with someone being hindered, potentially being hindered, by this realm and the effects of this realm, such as not dying permanently. And then I work around that in order to enhance the creativity of everybody that wants to have undead or whatever. They can have those options for their warbands. So that's pretty much all I'm going to talk about tonight, but um, I just wanted you to know about that. If you're interested in Undead or, you know, Tomb Kings models or any of that nonsense, um, you actually can use a warband like that, and you would just say that they have the Flare Virus. And of course, those type of people would cling together in warbands because they nobody is quite sure if it's contagious or not. They're definitely a social pariah, because the minute someone sees a walking skeleton, they go, oh shit, that guy's got the phage. Um, so anyway, as always, I appreciate you listening to the podcast. This was episode 39 of the Pimpcron Warhammer podcast. We had a lot of laughs. We had a good time, and I hope you enjoyed it. I will see you next Monday at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in the U.S. of A. And thank you to all my Patreon patrons. I love you to death. I love you to death. I love you to death. I think I was going to say. I don't know what I was going to say. Good day.